Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Stuff We Love Podcast. I am Scott, and I'm happy and honored to be joined tonight again by returning champion Alex. Alex, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Scott. I'm super excited to be here as always. Thank you. It's great to be with you tonight. We are going to be talking tonight about something you and I are very excited about, which is the new studio album by Casey Musgraves entitled Starcrossed. And we'll get into that in a minute, but let me begin our episode tonight by checking in with you and asking, how are you doing? Everything good? Everything's good. Everything's good. How about with you? Very good. Uh, We were uh, together last night at a local mall for dinner and a trip to Bath and Body Works where we got Halloween soaps and hand sanitizers. Oh, yes. It was incredible. And I actually went on the Bath and Body Works website today and put a bunch of stuff in my cart that I want to get next time. (laughs) So. Halloween themed or just fall themed? Oh, Halloween. Oh, wow. Do you remember what they were? Um, The ghoul friend. Ghoul friend. I have to get more of that. Vampire blood. Mm -hmm. I have to get more of that. I'm already obsessed. Yes. Um, I think that was it. Maybe those two. They do such a great job at Bath and Body Works at making you want to buy everything in the store. Oh, yes. Including the candles. Including the candles. I could have bought the entire store last night. It's so great. And the interesting thing is the packaging on the candles is so awesome. They sell these candle holders, but I don't even want to want to buy the candle holders because it hides the label on the candles. Agreed. It's like the hand sanitizer holder. Right. Can't That's, cover up that vampire blood logo. It's part of the appeal is the label, you know? Oh, it I really agree. hundred uh, percent. I'm very excited for Halloween season, scary movies and everything. And fall tends to bring out a lot of good music as well. Fall and winter, you get some good releases. You get the new holiday releases for the year. Those start coming out around this time, which gets you excited for the holidays. And uh, of course, uh, we're going to be talking about one of those new music releases tonight, which is that uh, Casey Musgraves album, which I mentioned a moment ago, Starcrossed. And I want to begin by asking you to tell our listeners uh, about your history as a fan of Casey Musgraves. When did you get into her music and where does she rank for you on your list of favorite artists? Oh, for sure. Um, List of favorite artists. She's definitely in my top three, if not my number one. Um, I have been a fan of Casey Musgraves since her first album, Same Trailer, Different Park. And I actually saw her for the first time in Durham, North Carolina, at the State Theater. And there were maybe 100 people there. Wow. And it was so awesome. And she had this really, really great band opening. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. it was really cool. And I looked at my sister who I was with and I was like, this girl's going to make it big soon. Um, shortly after that, she came out with pageant material mm-hmm. and I was completely obsessed. I think Luke Laird and her together make the best duo in terms mm-hmm. of songwriting. Um, and again, she wasn't quite at that like fame level that she's at now. So I saw her at Starland Ballroom in Jersey, mm-hmm. same kind of vibe, maybe 300 people it was like front row. I waited I didn't even have to wait that long, actually. It was one of those. Um, right. And then she brought us Golden Hour. So, I mean, I, I feel like I've been here since the beginning. She also released a great Christmas album as well. Oh, that was fantastic. And the, a great Amazon Prime Christmas special. Oh, that's true. Which I've watched multiple times now. I just love oh, it. Oh, yeah. I love that. And I love the record. It's great. It's a great, great record. Yes, totally. Um, and I know on a, another episode of the podcast here, you and I talked about the song Late to the Party which is on pageant material. It's a great song. And uh, I am actually a little bit late to the party when it comes to Casey Musgraves fandom. You've been a fan longer than me, but I've become a big fan. And it really, I think, was Golden Hour that made me into a big fan. That album came out, I guess it's now a couple of years ago, and got great reviews, was very popular. And so I gravitated towards it. I was curious to see what all the fuss was about. And from the moment I heard that album, I was amazed. It is such a gorgeous album, so beautiful, lyrically and arrangement-wise, instrumentally. It, it's one of those albums that just from the moment you hear it, you want to hear it again and again. And I've gone back to it so many times. And I think that that creates a very high expectation as we go into Starcrossed, because To me, when I look at Casey Musgraves' evolution as an artist, each album, she gets better and better, and it built up to Golden Hour. So the question is, okay, what's next? And then you have Starcrossed. And do you think that when you went into listening to Starcrossed for the first time, 
How, how much were you able to sort of ignore Golden Hour versus keeping it on your mind as you were judging the new album? Because I had a hard time at first, I'll be honest with you. Oh, being completely honest with you, I had probably the worst time keeping it out of my head when I was listening to the new record. Um, because like you said, I had very high expectations for Starcrossed because she does get better and better and better. And then we had Golden Hour and I was like, this record is absolutely perfect. When I mm. thought pageant material was perfect, I was like, Golden Hour is so perfect in its own way. Um, and I know we'll get into this later, but to answer your question specifically, it was very hard for me to keep Golden Hour out of my head while listening. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about it in a few minutes, but there are elements on the new album that remind me of Golden Hour, me particularly too. in the chords that are used. Just agreed. And we'll, we'll talk about it in a moment, but uh, it's an exciting release. It's definitely one of the most high profile releases of the year. And uh, I guess now the, the right thing to do would be to get into the album. And um, shall we begin by talking about overall reaction to it? Do you want to go with that or do you want to talk highlight track? Well, let, let me say something else before we get to that, which I think is important for our listeners to know, if, in case they don't know it already, which is that Golden Hour, the album, was about her falling in love and getting married to her husband at the time. She was married to Rustin Kelly, and that's basically what Golden Hour is about. And it's basically an upbeat album. It's fun. It's joyous. It's about falling in love. And the, uh, the, the melodies themselves reflect that. And so do the lyrics. Their relationship didn't work out. And they're now divorced. And that is what Starcrusted is, is about. It's about the dissolution of their marriage. So in a way, one of the, I guess the first major point I'll make about Starcrust is that it really is a concept album. Uh, it's an album where... From beginning to end, it tells this story. She even on the record says things like, okay, act one. It, it's a storytelling step by step. And I've always been a fan of concept albums throughout history. If, um, you know, for me, maybe the first concept album was Frank Sinatra's In the Wee Small Hours, which is one of my favorite Sinatra albums, one of my favorite albums ever. And then you get into something with, for example, a lot of people think Pet Sounds is a concept album or Sgt. Pepper's. I would actually argue this may be a very hot take and controversial. Uh, I think this album, Starcrust, is more of a concept album than Sgt. Pepper's because Sgt. Oh, Pepper's, agree. you have the, do you agree with that? Yeah. yeah. For <laughs> by sure. the way, right my Beatles listeners it. are now <laughs> unsubscribing yeah. by the minute. But, Sorry. but what I mean by that is with Sgt. Pepper's, you had the idea of Sgt. Pepper's band opening the album and they come back at the end with the reprise of the title track. But the songs in between could be on any album. With Starcrossed, it every song tells the story of the breakup, the start of their romance through to the breakup and the sort of coming out at the end and reclaiming your, your life and well-being. Um, so concept album stands out to me. And um, with that, Alex, I guess I will begin by asking you the very general question. Did you like the album Starcrossed? Oh, it's so tough. Um... Okay, I will say this. I didn't dislike it. It's not my favorite of hers. Mm -hmm. Not in general, just not my favorite of hers. Um, we'll absolutely dive into more of that later. But if you want to go in terms of like general thoughts, is that the direction you want to go? In? Sure. Okay. Um, so my overall thoughts, totally agree with you on the concept album front. Um, I think it's great. I think she's a great storyteller. Lyrically, it's incredible, just like anything else she's ever done. Um but I was nervous going into it because I'm not a fan of like diss albums or diss tracks. And I was really nervous to listen because it kind of like alters the way that you think about an artist, at least me. Um, so I was, I was worried about that. <laughs> but you, you, you didn't want it to be like a nasty album where every track was. Right. And I don't think it was by any means. I was, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was great conceptually. I thought she told the story very well. Um, when we go into track by track, I'll, sure. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll spill more, but, but yeah, I, overall, I liked it. Um, just wasn't my favorite of hers. If golden hour was never made by her and it, her three albums, well, I guess four, including the holiday album is everything, but golden hour, would this be your number one Casey album? I don't think so. I think it's okay. still pageant material. Pageant material is great album. I, I listened to that hour. the other day, but, uh, <laughs> And I'm assuming Golden Hour is your favorite, right? Yes. Yes, me too. Yeah. Let, oh, you too? 
It is my favorite Casey Musgraves album, definitely. It's actually one of my favorite albums of all time by any artist. I, Me I, too. I own it in vinyl. I listen to it digitally all the time, even now. Uh, and I, I do like it more, more than Starcrossed. I, I do overall like Starcrossed, and I think it's a very well-done album. It has grown on me with repeated listenings. Agreed. Definitely. The first time I listened, I was, again, I kept thinking about Golden Hour and I was like, oh man, like I wish it was more like Golden Hour. And then I was going back and forth and I'm like, but if it was too much like it, then I would be like, this sounds the same. Right. It's a clone Um, of that. Right. Yeah. So with more listening, it definitely grew on me. Um, And I definitely like it. Right. And, And let's get into the album now. Let's, let's go through the tracks. And the first track on the album is the song called Starcrossed. It's the title track. And when I heard the opening of this song, it, it kind of starts with a nice harmony. It's very dramatic and emotional, basically from the very first vocal you hear. And then it has this kind of Spanish sounding guitar, which is, you know, thinking about it from a concept album perspective, it's almost like a movie almost where this dramatic scene is starting and, she even says the first line of the album is let me set the scene, right? Two lovers right. ripped right at the seams, I think was the way it goes. Uh, I, now I got to be honest with you. I'm not crazy about the song and uh, it's, it's not that it's a bad song, but I actually think that it's kind of flat. It builds up and then doesn't really go anywhere. And just the other night she performed the song at the MTV video music awards and on its own, in a performance outside of the full album, it really, to me, doesn't work. I hate to say that, but it's true. It's it's not as accessible a song on its own. It fits better with the overall album than it does as a standalone track, if that makes any sense. Oh, I agree completely. I think that I understand where she was going with that. Number one, I love the opening line. Let me set the scene. It's perfect for what's mm. to come. <laughs> um in in all aspects of her performance including the you know digital version of the album i think it's a great opening line um but i think lately we're seeing a lot of artists have these opening tracks that are the same like very melodic just very like instrumental um not too many words and i think she was trying to go for that but it just ended up being too long for me and too flat like like you said like i I just like after a while i'm like all right what's the next song yeah i i Building off of that, after a while, when she keeps on saying "star cross, star cross," it's like, okay, good. Let's uh, let's yeah, now the next song? get going to the next song. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And speaking of the next song, I will say that when the next song is called "Good Wife," and when that track begins, when I heard it for the first time, I thought to myself, okay, there's that golden hour sound in terms of the guitar that's used. I I, I refer to the album "Golden Hour" as very lush. It's very sort of like warm blanket, relax, it yes. envelops you. It's it's cushiony music. It's musically cushiony. And it's like she's giving you a hug. Yes, uh, that's 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 true. <laughs> and the um, I think she does that with these beautiful guitar chords, and that's really evident in the song "Good Wife." So my first take on it, and then I want to hear your thoughts on, it, and then we'll get to you know about the uh, track. Is that okay? There's that Casey sound that we're used to getting. Uh, what did yeah. you think about the song Good Wife? So that was my initial thought. I love that it kind of starts out with a different, you know, a different tone. And then when we get to the chorus, it kind of sounds like a completely separate song. And I feel like I immediately step into like a disco, <laughs> like a low key kind of disco-y vibe. Um, and my absolute first reaction was like, okay, this is what Golden Hour, this, like, these are the aspects of Golden Hour that we're supposed to hear in this record. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think like her lyrics in that song are so perfect. And they, again, like it just sets up the story and gives us like a, a little tiny glimpse of what's going to come. It does because the lyrics of this song are about her efforts to be what society thinks is traditionally a good wife. Someone that's there for her husband and provides for him and comforts him if he's having a bad day and all that stuff. But you get the sense that, I mean, she sings in the song, I want to be a good wife. And right. you get the sense that, She's trying, but something's not clicking here. Right. And I think she's just a, a very not traditional, like a non-traditional type of person in like a great way. You know, she just goes on her own and does whatever she wants to do. And I think it's great. I think it's a great reflection of like her personality and you really get a good feeling of what she's trying to say. Yes, I, I agree with that. 
Uh, Good Wife, the song happens to be one of my favorites on the app. I guess at the end, when we get to the end, let's each talk about which songs are our favorites and perhaps least favorite. Uh, but Good Wife for me is, is a top one. And then we go into the track uh, Cherry Blossom, which is track three. And it has kind of a strange lyric, but which is clever. Cherry Blossom is it's a mul- another melodic song. It's got a catchy hook. And I guess she's singing. A, a, what's your interpretation of the song? She basically saying things like I'm a cherry blossom baby that she, she's praising herself as if to say to her husband, look at me, look at what you got. And I'm trying. Right. And she sings this weird lyric. Tokyo wasn't built in a day. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I don't know where that really came from, but I have, I had the same, the same interpretation of it. Like, you know, don't let me blow away or don't let me go. Um, so it's, it's funny because going back to like good wife, it's, it's explaining her, you know, her flaws, I guess in her eyes, what her flaws are as a wife and like, God help me be a good wife. And then here she's like, no, I actually am a good wife. And mm. you're like, just don't let me go, go away or don't let me blow away. Um, and in a way I feel like it's so, it's such like a basic metaphor. Um, but it works like lyrically. I think it works. Have you ever been to the cherry blossoms in the DC area during cherry blossom season? I have. I love that time of year. <laughs> it's nice, right? <laughs> My favorite. It's if you go, I don't know if you did this, but if you walk by the Jefferson Memorial, they have the cherry blossom trees and it's just beautiful because it's right on the water there. It's great, great photo ops. Awesome. <laughs> Not to get sidetracked, but cherry blossom, the song. <laughs> It yeah. makes me think of cherry blossom trees, <laughs> but um, no, that was my exact thought. I was like, Oh, DC, <laughs> right, I should right. go there next year. <laughs> and there's, you know, another thing that about this song, I mean, I guess when she's saying Tokyo wasn't built in a day, she's saying to her husband, look, I'm trying, but even things that are great, they take time to develop And Tokyo. We think of as this great technologically advanced city, right? But it kind of reminds me, there's a Paul McCartney song called press, which is from his album press to play. And in the song, he sings, it's kind of like a love song, but there's a line in the song that goes, Oklahoma was never like this. And I never understood what he's talking about in that song. Like, is he talking about the musical Oklahoma or, or it's just kind of such a strange lyric. This is, I guess, kind of makes more sense than that because <laughs> yeah. she's basically saying she's like Tokyo and she's taking time to, de- to develop as a wife, which is interesting. Right. It's a good metaphor. She's so yeah. clever with the lyrics and, uh, unless you have anything to say about else to say about cherry blossom, I actually was going to reference some of the specific lyrics as we talk about our next track. No, go for it. It's one of my favorites. So I'm excited for this one. (laughs) Me too. And that song is simple times. And I am actually loading up here on my uh, screen, the lyrics to the song, because the day the album came out, I think I texted you. I'm like, these lyrics, they're so simple. So they work, they work so well. And simple times is about someone who's kind of yearning for the past, looking back on the times when she was younger and things that she used to do for fun with her friends. So I'm just going to read our listeners some of these lyrics. Every day felt like Friday, walking to the 7-Eleven. Me and all my best friends, we were always together. Okay, so right there, I mean, these aren't like the most advanced lyrics in the world. We could probably, if we if we tried really hard, could think, <laughs> yeah. think of this. But they just work because they paint the scene so perfectly. Yeah, and that's why I think I really, really like this record. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, toward the end and after listening a few times, because I'm like, you know what, that reminds me of when I used to ride my bike and like go get stuff at 7-Eleven and yes. then bike to the mall and go get a sweatshirt and an American apparel because I thought <laughs> I was super cool. And and I'm just like, that is so relatable. And I think that's that's another reason why I love her music so much. It's just that it paints the scene and you you not only envision her in that scene, but you envision yourself. And it's really, really cool. That, that's perfectly said. I, I think that really sums it up. And the town in which you and I grew up in, there was a 7-Eleven walking distance from the high school. So we really did used to go to the 7 yeah. all the time. <laughs> Every day. And it's I love Slurpees, by the way. How good are Slurpees? Oh, so good. But um, it's also something that's, the, the, it's great with the little spoon at the end. It was awesome. Yeah, of course. I used to get so angry when it was done drinking that, you know. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it was, um, anyhow, it, it also struck me with this track that it's the second song in the past year or so to reference the mall as sort of this get together place. And the other song that does that is August by Taylor Swift from folklore. She talks about That's meet right. me at the mall and here the lyric is kick it at the mall. There's not like, like, like there's nothing wrong. And right. it's just all about youth. And in the context, I guess, of her life, it's, 
here she is married. It's not working out. And she just wishes that she could go back to when you were innocent and didn't have concerns or issues or stress like you have as you get older. And I mean, I'm older than you, Alex, but we're all getting older. And like, you, I, I find myself getting a bit nostalgic. And uh, this song kind of reflects that for me. No, I would agree completely. I was just going to say, it's kind of like in this song specifically, it's for me when I listen to it, it's like night and day, right? She goes from saying, um, and I'm really just missing the simple times. And then she starts saying like, I'm going off the deep end. And I love the one line where she's like, put all the static on silent because it's kind of like her world just came crashing down. And I feel like it's a big turning point in the in this album too, you know, because then you get to justify or not justify next day. I'm, I'm actually messing it up. That's Sorry. okay. We get to, um, uh, if this was a movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, like night and day and, and it's almost like she's, she had to stop everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, like you have this marriage tension building up, building up and then scene change in the movie basically. And oh, you're back to when you're a kid. Right. Wow. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty well done. It really is well done from a concept mm -hmm. album perspective. And uh, what are your thoughts about the next track, Alex, if this was a movie? I like it. Mm -hmm. It's different. Um, different for her. If this was a movie to me, sounds like Velvet Elvis vibe a little bit, okay. but way slower. Um, and I feel like you can really feel her pain in this track. I don't know if you got the same vibe, um, but I think just lyrically, you're like, wow, that must have really been a sucky, sucky time for her. And and I mean, as horrible as it is to be like, I like that. I really like this song. <laughs> um, I thought it raw. came together it, it really reflects, well. It's, yeah. Right. And and I'm, as we were saying earlier, you know, I mean, I, I know I've been a fan for a while, but I think that's what I like about her music so much. It's just so natural and so like real and raw and like what you see is what you get. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when I find like that I bond with an artist's music the most. So I really, and, really like this track. Yeah, that's that's a very good analysis. W was your interpretation of the lyrics in the song kind of like Casey saying, you know, if this was a movie, this is what would happen. And we would heal and you'd come in and we'd embrace and things would be back to normal. But of course, it's not a movie. Right. It's not a movie. It, it reminds me of, um, oh, what's that Katy Perry song? Oh, it reminds me of Katy Perry's It's Not Like the Movies. It's the mm. same type of story with Katy Perry and Russell Brand as it is with Casey and um, Rustin Kelly. So I like this one. When you just mentioned that, I totally forgot Katy Perry's with Russell Brand. Well, yeah, well now they're they're done, I think. Oh, now yeah. No, no, they're now done. She's with, yeah, yeah Orlando that was Bloom. a while ago. Yeah, Orlando Bloom. Power couple. Power couple, indeed. Not at the Met Gala this year. No. Um, <laughs> total More diversion. Importantly, not at the Met Gala this year. Not at the Met Gala. So, um, I, I the other other thing. I, I, by the way, I agree with everything you've said about if this was a movie. The only thing I'll add is that I love the sound of the track. I was trying to think what it reminds me of, kind of like what the vibe of the track is, and it's kind of '80s ish, but also kind of '90s ish. '90s ish electronic type sound in the background. It's, right. and and I give her a lot of credit for expanding her musical horizons on this album. I think there's use of greater types of sounds than on Golden Hour, and that is an advancement. Uh, a track like this, from just a sonic perspective, would never have been on Golden Hour, in my opinion. It right. wouldn't have fit. Agreed. But I definitely have the hint of like 80s, 90s, Velvet Elvis, mm -hmm. want to be a dance track, but it's right. too sad to be a dance track. <laughs> right, exactly. Whereas exactly. like Velvet Elvis is a dance track, and it's fun, and it's like upbeat. I love Velvet Elvis, as, as we've talked about many times, oh, how great a track My absolute is. favorite. Other than Late <laughs> to the Party, it's probably my second favorite. <laughs> Late to the Party is your favorite Casey Musgraves song? Oh, I think so, of all time. It is a great song. It's a great song. I'm like, and this is going to be my wedding song. And everybody's like, they're talking about smoking pot and like like rolling blondes. And I'm just like, yeah, but it's cool works. <laughs> like, Compared to other wedding songs now, it. that's like a, that's a tame standard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. <laughs> But um, I'll keep it low key. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, anyhow, uh, okay, the next song is getting a lot of attention. I think it's considered a single from the album. I know there's a music video that goes with it, and that is the song Justified. And uh, you may have seen it on, our listeners may have seen it on TV, the video for it, heard it on the radio. It's getting some airplay. Uh, I, I guess 
what she's basically saying in the song is that she's justified in feeling the way she does. It's uh, kind of sets this, you know, maybe she could have done more she's singing about, but I didn't. And I'm justified in my thinking and why I made the decisions I made. Is that your interpretation of the lyrics? A hundred percent. And I love, I absolutely love the line where she says healing doesn't happen in a straight line because Mm. again, it's so relatable. And it's one of those things where it's just so, it's so simple, but it's so blunt. Mm. And you're just like, yeah, you know what? That's a really great point. Um, I hear what you're saying as a listener and I I couldn't agree more with your, with your uh, analysis. Yeah. That's very, that is a great line. And, uh, and it's kind of a banger if we're being honest. (laughs) It is, (laughs) it it. is a little bit of a dance track. I will offer one criticism, which is not a major criticism because I really like the song. I actually think it gets a little too fast at a certain point. I kind of would like her to slow it down. Yeah, I could, I would agree. I feel like this is the one where I'm playing in the car over and over again, because I'm sad that it's over. Like um, it it like ends and then I'm just like, wait, I want to go back. I want to go. Right. You want to hear it <laughs> you know again? What I mean? Yeah. That's your repeat track right now. Oh, that's interesting. The next one. Yeah, good. That What's that? Justified and Angel are my are my repeat tracks. And that's the next track. Um, the one other thing I'll just add real quick. We talked for a moment ago about Casey Musgrave singing Star Crossed at the VMAs. I would have sang Justified because it's Agreed. getting a lot of play, and I think it's much more accessible on its own as a. Because with that single, you want to get a pop song. You want to get something that people will keep listening to. Starcrossed is not right. that type of song to me, but Justified is. And and that's why I was surprised that that one came out first, mm. Starcrossed. Because yeah. I, I between the two of them, when it was only those two out for the last like two or three weeks, whenever she announced it, I always I was always listening to Justified. And then yeah. I'm like, well, I should listen to Starcrossed because I do want to learn like everything about it. Um, and yeah, I just gravitated toward that. Honestly, yeah, I too. think she... I think it would have been better to do like breadwinner or something <laughs> as, as the second single. Yeah. We'll get to so that in a mind. moment. <laughs> yeah. and, and then let's talk about the song angel because you just, that's the next song on the album. And uh, now I guess we're in the part of the album where the breakup is occurring, right? That's when the, uh, the marriage is falling apart officially. And uh, now I will say this, you love this song. You've just said you, it's one of your top songs on the album. It's actually not one of my top songs on the album. It's not that I dislike it, but I, I'm curious why you love it so much. I, first of all, I think lyrically and melodically, it's just amazing. I, I, I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the lyrics are brilliant and it reminds me of the work that she did on pageant material mm-hmm. and just the same style. And I'm, I'm a very big fan of like, when I, when I used to see her way, way back, like the first time it was literally just her and a guitar and her band. And it was like, no frills, no dancing, no lights, no nothing. It was literally just like a low budget. Hey, we're going to go on stage and we're going to sing to you for two hours straight. And this track reminded me so much of like her original style, which I'm a, I'm a big fan of. That's what made me a fan of her. Um, And yeah, I just really like it. Kind of like that acoustic country type sound. Yes. And uh, while you're talking, Alex, of course, I'm listening to you, but I'm also, I had the lyrics on (laughs) my screen (laughs) and the the lyrics are basically, she's she's saying, you know, if I was an angel, if I was perfect, this is what I would do for you. I'd pull you out of the darkness, she sings. And, but she's basically saying, I'm human. I'm not perfect. And I can't do this for you. And so from that sense, lyrically, it's quite a powerful thing, but I never thought about what you just said until you said it, which is the idea that it is very much vintage Casey Musgraves, that person with a guitar telling a story, no band throws or anything. It's pretty much straightforward. And in that sense, it's, it is nice and kind of slows it down after the previous tracks, such as justified, which have a full band on it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I like just Casey and a guitar. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> And uh, then we talk about Breadwinner, which is uh, one of my favorite songs on the album. I do, I do love it. Uh, Breadwinner is the song in which she's saying that basically, well, I guess my understanding of the song, and I should have the lyrics in front of me. I'm kind of speaking from memory. Is, is she singing in the song about what her husband wants, which is an irrational thought? Like it, he wants this out of his marriage. He wants 
his dinner, as I think one of the lyrics goes. And he wants a breadwinner. He wants his dinner. And it's kind of like, this is what he wants, but it's not reasonable. It's not what right. should be expected of her. And, uh, and is the, that your understanding of the lyrics as well? Yeah, I would agree. And then the um, the line where she says, until he ain't hungry anymore. Mm. I think it's like one of those where it's she like she gave up. I feel like it's, you know, when I look at the lyrics, for example, and I, I love, again, this is an example of Casey with the straightforward lyrics. She, the lyrics begin by saying, here's what he'll do. He'll play it cool when he hangs out with a woman like you. Say he ain't pressed by all your success. Tell you he's different than all of the rest. And then she later on goes on to say, he wants a breadwinner. He wants your dinner until he ain't hungry anymore. He wants your shimmer to make him feel bigger until he starts feeling insecure. Um, right. I don't know if musically it was because they're in the same fields, right? Because he he yes. makes music. So I'm wondering if it came from that kind of perspective, like maybe he was trying to jump on the bandwagon of her fame and it went in that direction. I couldn't really tell with this one, but I was very nervous listening to it because I was like, oh no, I hope this one doesn't ruin the record for me. <laughs> because again, the diss tracks, I'm just like, please don't drag right. this guy. <laughs> it's horrible. Um, but I loved it. I would agree. It's probably one of my favorites too. Yeah. It's well done track. It, it really is. And then we go to the next song, which is camera roll. It's a song that's getting a lot of attention and I'll begin our talk about camera roll by first off telling our listeners what it's about. It's basically a song about how it's tough for her to look at the camera roll on her phone because it's photos of her with her ex-husband. And I know in interviews, she has said that on our camera rolls, we really only keep the good memories. So when you go back and look at, when she goes back and looks at photos with her ex-husband, it's all the happy times. She doesn't have pictures of the fights or moments of tension. And on the NPR pop culture happy hour podcast today that I listened to in which they talk about this. So this is not an original Scott from the Stuff We Love podcast thought. I'm totally (laughs) stealing this thought, but giving them credit for it. They said it's interesting because it's one of the first songs to take 21st century technology and incorporated into a track, which I think is really cool, where they're singing about something that's so modern, which is true. That's awesome. I never thought um, about it that way. Yeah, it me, me neither. And I, I it stood out. Now, the day the album came out, I texted you, and I said that I was actually in tears listening to this track, which is true. And I'll be honest with you, which is a moment, as always, I'm always honest with everyone on the show, and this was a you know, this was a moment of honesty. I was in tears, not because of anything romantic. And I was thinking of a lost love or something, but I actually took the lyrics of the song and completely went in a different direction of it. I related to it in a different way. This summer, um, our dog passed away, which was an emotionally gut-wrenching experience for everyone. And uh, it was, it was terrible for me. It was a very difficult time for me emotionally. And one of the things that has continued to at times be very difficult is looking at pictures of my dog. And sometimes I have this urge to do it and I do it and I find myself sometimes in tears. And when I listen to the lyrics of this, I could relate to it so much from that perspective. And this is something that a lot of songwriters have talked about. I've seen Paul McCartney talk about it. And I guess now even with Casey Musgraves and in her interview with Zane Lowe on Apple Music, they talked about this, which is the idea that people listen to your music and they're able to relate to it in ways in which the songwriter never intends. Right. And like this is I related to it thinking about my dog and how I go through photos and she's there. And uh, it was tough. It's a tough song. It's become easier for me to listen to. And I, th- I think it's actually a really beautiful song. And she concludes this song. And then I, I know I'm kind of rambling. I'll, I'll turn it over to you, Alex. But the last thing I'll I say about it. this track is um, I love the way the song ends lyrically, because here she is saying, I, you know, it's been so tough. I can't look at these photos, but thank you. Like, thank you for the times. Like she's kind of taking this moment of sadness in her life and thanking the person that she is not getting along with now for still giving her joy when they were together. Right. I couldn't agree more with anything you just said. I, I, I absolutely agree. And, you know, I do the same with my dog, with my family, just anything that I'm missing. I always find myself like, like if I'm on the train or sitting in a parking lot and just waiting or sitting in my driveway, in my car, cause I'm pretty sure everybody does that <laughs> at some <laughs> yes. point. Um, you know, just scrolling through pictures and I'm like, man, that was a fun time. And mm. I thought of it from that perspective. And then the other one that you just mentioned now 
in terms of like people being in and out of your life, right? Like, and I'm, everybody's, I have friends and, you know, family that'll be like, oh, we don't really talk anymore, but like, thanks for the good memories. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's a good point, right? Like mm. you may have falling outs with people or, you know, whatever it may be, whatever happens in your life, right? But I've always been the kind of person that's like, oh, but that was a really fun time I had with my dog or, mm. you know, whoever it was. And I think that's such a great perspective to look at it from. Yeah. It's a very, I mean, on an album that has a lot of emotionally powerful lyrics, I find this to be the most powerful. And I think it's beautiful. It it is beautiful. And when it's come on the, listen, recently, as I listened to the album, when I first heard it, I'm like, oh, here we go. (laughs) Like, I got to hear it again. And this is going to be rough. But then it's kind of like, okay, no, no, no. I I really do love this song. And uh, it's something everyone with with a phone can relate to. Oh, definitely. And do you find like a sense of comfort in listening to it now as opposed to mm. like sadness? Does that's that make a really sense? great. That's a great point, Alex. And I think that um, I think when you can listen to a song and relate to the lyrics, even though initially it might be difficult to do, as was the case for me with camera roll, I think that the more you listen to it and hear it, it does provide comfort because it's almost like someone else is putting into words the thoughts that you have, but may not be capable of saying, or even if you are capable of saying it, it's like you're hearing it from your perspective, which is, um, it's kind of like if you said to a friend, hey, this is what I'm feeling. I just kind of wanted to vent and get things off my chest. And if that person says, I hear you and agree with you and I, you know, I'm here for you, it's that kind of comfort. Right. Agreed, which is so funny because artists themselves write songs based on their feelings for their fans, right? Like, Mm. you know what I mean? It might not make sense what I'm trying to say, but then like us as fans, we're like, oh, this is how Casey's feeling. And then you're like, oh, wait, this is what I'm feeling. Yes. And she's writing about it. And and just that sense of, you know, being able to relate to her is is crazy. Yes. Something you don't get very often in in music today. (laughs) <laughs> if that's not a, a, a an incredibly bold statement to make mm. yeah, i'm trying to think of other uh other songs that uh i stumped you <laughs> i mean i love the song peaches by justin bieber but i don't think i really relate to it <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? I'm trying to, yeah that's funny anyhow that was great a discussion about camera what, what, what a song um and I guess what it takes us to our next track, which is, by the way, peaches, is that, is that like a metaphor for, I, I don't think it is anything else. Is it peaches a metaphor? I have no idea. I still can't figure it out. Hmm. We go, we, because we go from like peaches to weed to whatever else is next. To yes. like, you know, and then I'm just like, wait, maybe it's not a metaphor. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's um, just legitimate. Anyhow, Easier Said is the next track. And um, as, I, as I mentioned that, the song is kind of playing in my mind. Um, it's good. It's kind of, for me, like a middle of the album ranking. It's, it's perhaps getting to a little bit of the lower half of the, uh, of the album in terms of where I would rank it. Uh, what do you think of Easier Said? I would agree. And I I think this is the point in the album where I am kind of like, okay, I haven't like quite had enough enough, but I'm like, there are too many tracks coming up for me to maintain focused. Mm. Does that make sense? It was kind of like the turning point for me where I was like, I got everything I wanted out of this. Yeah. And then like now everything after that, it's kind of just like, okay, it's not bad, but it's not my favorite. Yeah. She, um, in this song, easier said, she's basically saying that she's trying to love someone, but it's easier said than done. Those are the lyrics. Right. And it, it does have a, okay, kind of like, we don't need to hear this. I wouldn't call it filler, but it's kind of getting there. Yeah. Uh, and we, we know that it's not a new thought on the album. We've, she's kind of been addressing this throughout the album itself. Yeah, I would agree completely. <laughs> Then we go to the song hookup scene, which is, as the lyrics suggest, 
It's kind of about what it's like being single and going out there. Again, use of kind of like modern technology and thinking about, you know, using apps to meet people and all that stuff. Um, I happen to like the song itself more than Easier Said. And what's your take on this track? In, in terms of placement on the album, I feel like it could have been flipped with Easier Said. I think I would have had more focus having this song come after its camera roll, right? I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, right. I, again, I think it's real. I think it's raw. I like the beat. I like the music, the instruments. Um, again, probably not my favorite, but again, I think it's relatable for a lot of people, especially now mm -hmm. in 2021, because that's right. just like the culture now. Um, yeah. So I think it was important for her to have this on there and explain the feelings coming out of it. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't bad. She's basically in the track saying that, you know, the hookup scene, which is people being single, meeting other people. It's not she sings. It's not all that it's made out to be. And kind of like there's a repetitiveness of it. And she sings about not getting the experience out of it that she would want. And uh, it's kind of her way of saying, I want to be in a relationship and be ideally married. But um, that's what I crave. The hookup scene right. is not giving that to me is basically what she's talking about. Oh, for sure. And I think this song also does like a little bit of a flip because at the beginning, it's completely about like a hookup scene and how mm -hmm. you feel when you leave a hookup scene. And then she goes from she goes to um, saying might get you far, but still it can't replace the kind of real connection that I crave, the kind mm -hmm. we don't have anymore. So then it kind of becomes about him and her again. Right. And I kind of like that because I feel like that's been a theme throughout like the first half of the record. Yeah, that's a great point. And then she, lyrically, she takes it to almost like she's singing to you, listener, where she says, right. if you've got someone to love and you've almost given up, hold on tight, despite the way they make you sad, because I wish I would have known we didn't have it so bad. Right. right. OK, so that actually is that's a that's a lyrical technique that I've been a fan of for a long time, which is not used that often in songs. And one song that does use it. Get ready for this. This is. This is where I, I earned my credit. Wait. Okay. The song Everything You Want by Vertical Horizon. Okay. Do you know that song? I don't think I know that song. Oh, wow. Okay. This is where I'm showing my age. <laughs> I love it. My gray hair is Tell coming me. in. Okay. <laughs> Tell me about it. Vertical Horizon was a band that was very popular back when I was, I guess, in high school. Um, it's definitely a 90s band. And their big song was Everything You Want. That must have come out. I'm going to guess, I'm going to take a guess at this 1997. And when I Google it, it was 1999. So right after I graduated high school and in the song, everything you want, she's basically saying, or the, he's basically saying, cause it's a male lead singer. It, he's saying, he, he's singing to the girl and he's saying, he's everything you want. He's everything you knew you need. He's everything that, 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 that I wish oh, wait, I could I be. I know that song. Yeah. He says all the right things yeah. at exactly the yes, right. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. And okay. then at the end of the song, he switches it around completely where he says, I am everything you want. I'm everything you need. And he's saying that uh, he's basically saying he, he wants to be with the girl. I love it in songs where the songwriter starts by talking about one particular party and then flips it and talks about another. I just, I get a kick out of that. I don't know. That's... Oh, for sure. <laughs> wow, that was a great thought, Scott. I didn't Thank even you. think about that. Good Once on. every 10 years, I have a thought <laughs> that it's usually related to Taylor Swift or Casey Musgraves. <laughs> That's fine. We'll take them. Or Beatles. Or Beatles. The important ones. Uh, exactly. Uh, let me bring back up my uh, track list here. But anyhow, that's one thing that sticks out to me about the song hookup scene, which I think is really cool. Agreed. Then we go to Keep Looking Up. Okay. Keep looking up is, I, I don't know. I'm going to call it the train song on the album because it sounds like if train wanted to do a fun, upbeat little track, that's a song they would sing. Okay. I feel that. It's <laughs> a I, great I, point. I, I, I like it. It's, it's catchy. It's listenable, but it's not one of my 
repeat listens if I was listening to individual tracks. That's just my take on it. What do you think about keep looking up? Agreed. And I think lyrically, it's not the best. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just think it, it, it's hard to keep my attention for this one, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm kind point. of just like, all right, I might need to skip. Like I heard this, you know, an hour ago when I listened to the record, I don't want to listen to it again. Right. Um, but not in a bit. Like, I don't dislike it. I just, it's not, you know, it's not my favorite. And this, this is a, a track that appears at the part of the album where it's that final act where she's fallen in love. She's now gotten divorced and she's trying to be optimistic about the next step. So from that perspective, right. I guess it works, but it's just, I, it's just, I hate to say it. It's not one of my favorites. I know. Then we go. I hate saying anything like that about Casey. <laughs> Look, every band, every artist has songs that are our least favorite. That's true. By the way, what's your least favorite Beatles song? Oh, man. That's hard. Do you count Revolution 9 from the White Album as a song? No. Neither do, do I. I don't think <laughs> okay. so. There's people that usually... would, and I'd understand it, but I, I, I don't right. think so. We usually agree on the Beatles front. Um, my least favorite. So tough. I um... want to say Octopus's Garden, but Ooh, like... okay. But... I also really like it. Like, I just don't, yeah. I'm probably just picking them because I don't know. I can't pick any others. I think I know mine. I From the hear. White Album. Wild Honey Pie. Not Honey Pie, but Wild Honey Pie, where they go, Honey Pie. Oh, <laughs> oh you know what? <laughs> I might need to change my. <laughs> I think that's my least favorite. That's a good pick. What's your favorite album? Hard Day's Night. Mm, good pick. What about I you? I like Sgt. Pepper. Sgt. Pepper's great. Yeah. Do you know that the lady who played the, I guess it was the harp on She's Leaving Home just passed away? No, really? Yeah. Her name was Sheila Bromberg. She was 92 years old. She played harp on She's Leaving Home. Wow. Remarkable. That's crazy. What what a great performance. What a track that is. Oh, it's a great track. The harp is the best part. (laughs) Yeah. It makes the song. It's actually my favorite song on Sgt. Pepper. Yeah. So, Alex, I'm going to tell you, and then we'll get back to the Casey album, something fascinating related to the Beatles and the song She's Leaving Home. The song She's Leaving Home was written by John and Paul, mostly Paul is my understanding. And it was inspired by a newspaper article about a girl named Melanie Coe, who was a runaway girl. Apparently, it was an article, I think, in the Daily Mail newspaper. And... This girl, Melanie Coe, ran away, and that's what inspired the lyrics to the song She's Leaving Home. Now, here's the fascinating, you're not going to believe it thing. There was a TV show that aired in England, and on October 4th, 1963, the Beatles were on the show. It was called Ready, Steady, Go. It was a popular show in Great Britain. It was a music show. The girl, Melanie Coe, that would go on to inspire the song She's Leaving Home was a dancer on that show. And on that episode, she participated in a lip sync contest. She and other girls on the show did their best dance and lip sync to a song by the songwriter, uh, the singer Brenda Lee, who is best known for rocking around the Christmas tree. She had another song called Let's Jump the Broomstick, and they lip synced it. The winner of the lip sync contest got an LP record. The judge of that contest was Paul McCartney. And he chose the winner, and he decided that Melanie did the best job. And there's a picture and video footage of Paul McCartney greeting Melanie Coe, congratulating her, giving her the award. And years later, I'm assuming he gave her the award. I haven't seen the clip, but it's, I'm, I'm looking at an article here now. And years later, that girl inspired the song. She's leaving home. No Mind way. Mind blown. Oh my goodness. That's crazy. That's awesome. Wow. I love it. That is a wow fact. Wow. How surreal is that? It's extremely surreal. Just another reason why the Beatles are fascinating. Oh, I love them. Now, the whole let's other get, episode. <laughs> that's that's a whole other podcast <laughs> times 20. <laughs> yeah. But anyhow, let's get back to the Casey album as we're almost uh, nearing the end of the album. And then we go to the song, What Doesn't Kill Me. And what does she's basically saying that, that she survived this traumatic period in her life. It didn't get her down. She was able to come back from it. And... I, 
I think, again, this is kind of, to me, I'm, I'm playing it in my mind, so I may be slightly off on this, but it's a little bit light, a little bit fluffy, um, fits into the getting back on your feet narrative, but just doesn't stand out. I know. It's, it's one of those, again, that just doesn't resonate with me. Like, it just mm-hmm. doesn't sit well with me. And right. not, not, I shouldn't say it doesn't sit well with me. It just isn't, you know, there's nothing about it that I'm like, wow, I really, really like this. Not even like a line or like a way she sings something. I just think it's one of those nearing the end of the album. We need to throw this on there. That's mm-hmm. the kind of vibe that I get. Yeah. I know that's not intended. It's just the way that it sits with me. Yeah. And as we're talking about this, I kind of think to myself, I ask myself, are we being too harsh? Because I do want to emphasize, I really like this album. And oh, I do too. Yeah. Um, I think maybe if we were sitting with a therapist or something, they, they would say, I think you're, you're, you're having golden hour in your heads and maybe you're being too harsh. That could be, I don't know. I don't know. It's, but I, I feel tough. the way you do. I do it's feel the way say. you do. Honestly, I really do. Yeah. I don't think it's being harsh. I don't, again, I've, I feel like we've prefaced it by saying we don't dislike them. It's right. just not the favorite. Um, right. And that's okay. Right. Not every, like you said before, not every track is going to sit well with everybody or not every track is going to be a favorite. Um, can I, can I say it one way, which I think maybe reflects your thinking? Cause I think it reflects mine, which is the first yeah. half of this album is really good. Uh, perhaps great. And Absolutely. the second half is just not as strong. Agreed. And I think to your point about golden hour, it's not so much as like, it's in my head when I'm listening, but it's more that that album was literally perfect from start to finish true in my opinion true like like you said before i couldn't agree more it's probably one of my favorite album albums of all time mm-hmm. um so i think it's more that perspective than it is i wish i had golden hour like it's not that i want the golden hour like undertones it's that i just want it to be as succinct and concise and like clean as golden hour <laughs> can i tell you sense. a golden hour story Oh, absolutely. I feel bad even saying this because this is this is so not even reality. But just towards the end of the summer, I was driving in my car and it was actually like the golden hour was, you know, late afternoon. The sun had that golden look to it. And I put on a song Golden Hour. It was the first time I really had done that, listening to Golden Hour at Golden Hour. Oh man. I love it. It was so awesome. Oh, that's amazing. It was perfect. Golden Hour is such a great album and song. It's so great. Oh, yeah. Um then we go to the track, which is to me, the equivalent of High Horse from, from Golden Hour. So mm-hmm. High Horse was a big single, huge hit song, kind of broke Katie, Casey Musgraves onto the pop market, um, very much a disco track. The next song on Starcrossed, which is There Is A Light, it's the next to last track on the album, is also got a disco 1970s beat type sound. And she's basically saying there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It's a line that repeats itself, meaning there's light at the end of this difficult period I'm going through. Uh, has a flute solo, which you don't hear very often, which I actually kind of like. I think works really well. Yeah. Uh, when I first heard him, I'm like, is that a flute? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a flute. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Um, the one complaint about I'll give about this song is that it's it's a little too repetitive for me. I can see that. Um, I, can I don't dislike it. It's a dance track. It's a bop, right? It's a bop. It's <laughs> It's a bop. It's a banger. It's uh, massive. But I, <laughs> but I don't, I don't dislike it. Um, I, I sometimes I'll, I, I really like it. Sometimes I'm mediocre on the track. I agree. What's your, what's and your again, thoughts? I, I, I agree with you. And I think again, it's at the point where like it, the record I've, I've listened to what I want to listen to mm. um, over and over again, <laughs> like the mm. first seven songs, maybe. Um, I would agree that it's repetitive and I don't think that lyrically it's as like complex as the others, if that makes sense. It does make sense. It's not, there's not enough context to, for me to like say, oh, I relate to that or, oh, I know somebody that's going through that. I don't know. Maybe that's why. The beat is better than the lyrics. Agreed. A hundred percent. Well, it is a dance track. <laughs> it is a dance track. Uh, and then we go to the last track on the album, which has gotten a lot of attention. And forgive me if I'm mispronouncing it, but it's a um, 
It's a Latin American song called Gracias a la Vida, which is Spanish for thanks to life. And I didn't know much about this song until this album came out. It was a song written, composed, and performed by someone named Chilean Violeta Para. And Casey Musgraves basically kind of makes this song her own uh, as the closing track on Starcrust. Uh, it's very much a Latin American feel in terms of the instrumentation. It's a very beautiful song. It's very dramatic. And it's, I guess, in the context of the album Starcrossed, it's Casey Musgrave saying, you know, what I've experienced is part of what life is about. And I'm appreciative, even though it didn't turn out the way I wanted in terms of her marriage, uh, for the lessons it has taught me and given me. It's an odd way to close the album, I think. I know it's a song that she has said is meaningful to her, and I get that. But it's not that it really matters. I don't think a lot of listeners are going to get it, and they're going to be like, well, what was this about? Um, again, not that that matters. The artist should be able to do what they want. But it just right. seemed odd as a way to close the album for me. I agree. I, To be completely honest with you, uh, first of all, she sounds great on it. I, I love the way that she sings it. I think it's a beautiful track. I don't think that it necessarily fits. I think it's an odd close. And to be honest with you, when I was listening to the album, it it was the first time I listened straight through. I was in the car and like we got to that track and I was like, wait, what did it shuffle to? Because I didn't even, I genuinely had no idea what was coming. Right. And I was like, there's no way this is the last track. And I was like, oh, interesting. Right. As I've listened to this song more, I like the song more itself because I oh, think it's great. actually very beautiful. And I'll, I'll give Casey a, a lot of credit for incorporating that type of sound on her album. That's one of my favorite things about her. She's willing to try different sounds, which is great. But it kind of leaves you, okay, that was strange. You know, think, at least that was, that's yeah. my thought on it. Um, I, I, I do think overall with Starcrossed, if the album was maybe 10 minutes shorter, it would be stellar and perhaps an album of the year contender again. I agree. Completely. Um, yeah. If it was more, more concise, we need to narrow it down a little bit. I agree. Uh, and it's not even that long an album. I think it's like 47 minutes or something like that is what it clocks in at. Yeah. Not long at all. I Any, mean, sorry. Ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Alex. <laughs> It was, it was, it was longer than it should have been. <laughs> That's uh, what I meant. Is there anything else you want to say about the song Gracias a la Vida before we talk about favorite tracks from the album? Um, no, I think that was it. So what would you give the album as a whole on a, let's say scale of 10? Oh no. <laughs> Do you not um, want to, is this, is this painful? No. <laughs> no, I love it. You know, I love a speed round. <laughs> okay. So I don't know if this is a whole, I wasn't prepared well, for a well, speed like round. A, but... Like a half. <laughs> um, maybe a seven. Mm, okay. 6.57. Oh, please say seven. No, I'll go with seven. <laughs> okay, good. I'll go with seven. I was going to say like 7.5, 7.8 even perhaps, because okay. I do think the first half is very strong. And even though I'm not as crazy about the songs on the second half, they really do fit well with the theming. You're right. They make, uh, they make a lot of sense to the story. Yes. And as a concept album, it's important to have them. Mm -hmm. um, but I think in its entirety, it could have been a little shorter. Yeah. What are your favorite tracks? Three favorite tracks. Is it Angel? Angel, Justified, and Breadwinner. I think are my top three. Okay. Now, so I'm going to say something here, which maybe may change your perspective on the album as a whole. So you've named three songs, which are really great. Those are none of those songs are my top three tracks. I love it. Which is really, <laughs> I think it's good. It's good because it shows... This will encourage our listeners, I think, to get out there and, and listen to this album if they haven't done so. I'm going to oh, choose Good Wife. And it's so hard. Cherry Blossom. I, I'm tempted to say Camera Roll, even though that's a gut punch for me. Um, I feel like Angel and Camera Roll are kind of, you can compare those two. Yeah, you Just definitely different, different storylines. Uh, I would actually, uh, Simple Times as well which is, oh, is so just tough. because of the nostalgic factor. I love We're nostalgia. We're going to have to pick a top like seven. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the first half. 
all the songs that we criticize. Oh no, it's keep looking up. Yeah. <laughs> it's, easier said, top song. I love it. No, I hope everybody listening does go go listen to the album. It's great. And I think it's it's important to listen to the entire catalog so you can see how an artist really develops and yes. changes the where changes their music style. Yeah. And, uh, you know, something else I want to say, which is I'm specifically addressing our listeners because I know they are out there because I talk to them who are big fans of the Beatles, for example, and Beach Boys and those older generation artists. I would encourage all of you not to avoid albums like this just because it's by a quote unquote newer artist, because to me, if you like those great bands like Beatles and Beach Boys and Stones and all of that type of music, the melodies are here in these songs too. I'm not saying they're as good. I'm not making that argument. I'm just saying these songs are accessible. They're not, you know, what you think, what you may think of when you think about hits one or Z 100 or stuff like that. It's really not like that. Um, and I would encourage our listeners to, to, to really give these, give the Taylor Swift albums a chance, give the Casey Musgraves album a chance. I, what I noticed with Taylor was that when folklore came out, that appealed to a fan base that never really, to me, had given her a chance before, which was, let's say, people around my age, I'm 40, uh, both men and women. You know, it, she, she perhaps had had a pretty big female fan base, but a lot of males that I know personally gave her a chance without even talking to me first. And so they really liked it. And I think they would feel the same way about Casey. Uh, and, you know, my favorite music journalist, this guy, Rob Sheffield from Rolling Stone, He's written a book about the Beatles. It's one of my favorite books called Dreaming the Beatles. He's also a huge Taylor fan and he's written about Ariana and Olivia Rodrigo and all that stuff. So to me, it's all music and to be enjoyed. And uh, that's the way I feel. And I know you feel that way, Alex, because you listen to so much music too. Oh, definitely. No, I couldn't agree more. I think, and you know, what's funny about Casey, I feel like Golden Hour was that sort of turning point for her with her fan base. I don't, it makes me sad that not a lot of people know about pageant material because it's so great. And so is same trailer, different park. They're, they're all, all of her records are so great, but I think that was her turning point, um, you know, with that release and, and still, you know, my, my, I used to beg my friends to come with me to see Casey Musgraves and they're like, we don't know who that is. Mm. We're not going. And then I get texts and like, did you get your tickets? And I'm like, yeah, of course. I was like the first one to get the tickets on the pre-sale. Of course I got my seats. Like, and it's you just so funny to see. Oh, thank you, Scott. Um, it's just so funny to see how they evolve. It's yeah. different. It's so different, especially now. Yeah. She's a big star. She's, she's become a huge star. And huge. Um, I think this album, I'll emphasize again, you and I both do really like it. And we're only talking about every track because that's what we wanted to do tonight. And <laughs> just it. as just as with any album by any artist, there's the highlights and the songs that, I mean, we can listen to any album by any artist and say, these are the tracks we like the most and these are the ones we like the least. And uh, I think that as a golden hour is great and it's great on its own. But if you put these two together as sort of one large package, it really is, I think, fair to say, a remarkable display of songwriting that oh. is beautiful. I think she, Casey Musgraves alone is a lyrical genius, Agreed. in my opinion. I, I think everything that she writes is so beautiful. And mm. whether it comes across musically or not, I, you know, everybody has their opinions. And I think that's what's so great about talking to other people about music is, you know, you have different favorite songs than me. And that's great, right? Like we have different perspectives on the album. Um, but yeah, I, serious lyrical genius it's ridiculous yes. to a point where you're just like oh my god it's very true it does stand out and i think she's in a class that very few people are in right now in popular music very very few we, we maybe are talking about her and taylor maybe is the only in yeah. that class at a modern uh, you know that generation songwriters that type of yeah. thing well with that being said Alex, this has been a phenomenal talking to you about Starcross tonight. I knew it would be. It's been even better than I anticipated. Oh, I'm I am so happy to hear that, Scott. Same to you. It's always great. Always great. We're now going to turn things over to the Stuff We Love segment. So can you tell our listeners something that you love right now? Yes, I am obsessed with tennis year round, but I am in a huge tennis phase right now because the U.S. Open just wrapped up um, and I've gone I went a lot of the nights 
that I didn't think I would be able to go, which was awesome. So I went mm-hmm. to the opening night, semifinals, finals. Um, and I was just so grateful because they were able to host it and everybody was safe. And it was, I mean, I personally felt very safe there, mm-hmm. um, which was something that, of course, I think it's normal to be nervous about given COVID and everything that's happened in the last year or two. And yeah, it was record-breaking year and all of the young players made history and it was really, really great to watch. It was, a, that's a great recommendation and great, great comments. The U S open. I'm, I'm so happy it went off safely and that everybody was well protected there. Uh, it was a great tournament, lots of unexpected things happening. And, uh, I saw your photos and I, it looked like you were having a great time. I was very jealous of you when I saw those pictures of you at the U S open. Love it. Do you want to talk about who you briefly met there? Oh, I do. Go ahead. Tell our listeners. <laughs> I, I briefly met Allie Love from Peloton. Yes. And she so kindly talked to me for a few minutes and took a selfie with me, which was super awesome, given that I totally just screamed her name out of like a fan <laughs> of people <laughs> that were like rushing into the stadium. And I'm like, Allie Love. That's really awesome. And everybody made, else when, was like tennis. <laughs> when you said that to me, when you, when you told me that story and showed me the picture that you got, I was so excited as a Peloton user just to see that type of good interaction between you, a longtime user of Peloton and an instructor, Ali Love. So that that's great. That was really awesome. Yeah, thanks. It was fun. And she's great as per the usual. Yeah, that's so awesome. kind. So, so kind. And so my stuff we love tonight is also sports related. And it's the something I watched on TV now a couple nights ago, which is on Monday Night Football on ESPN2. I think this is going to last the whole season, although I might be wrong about that. The broadcast is of the game and doing commentary are the Manning brothers, Eli and Peyton Manning. And what I liked about it was that it's not that they called the game. It's not like they said, okay, catch by so-and-so tackle by so-and-so. It was just listening to two foot, former football players and brothers commenting on the game, which was cool because you got this really good football analysis. I learned stuff that I didn't know just as a longtime fan and also combined with just family members sitting around watching the game. It's kind of like you're hanging out with them in their home. And uh, they had guest appearances by a whole bunch of different NFL players. And it was really a lot of fun. And based on the reaction on Twitter, uh, I think people really enjoyed it as well. So uh, that is my stuff we love. If that's going to continue through the season and you're a football fan, I would encourage all of our listeners to watch the ESPN2 version of the Monday Night Football broadcast with Peyton and Eli. So that is my recommendation. I love it. It sounds great. I saw some funny tweets about it. Yes. (laughs) Nothing like the tweets. (laughs) So I'm just going to take a moment to tell our listeners where they can find the Stuff We Love podcast online. We are on Twitter at Stuff We Love Pod, Instagram at Stuff We Love Podcast. Our website is stuffwelovepodcast.podbean.com. You can write to us, stuffwelovepodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe. Follow us on YouTube and on Facebook. And uh, leave us those good five-star reviews, which makes it easier for others to find the show. And uh, Alex, thank you again for joining us on this very special Casey Musgraves episode of the Stuff We Love podcast. This was a long time coming. Long time coming. Thanks for having me, Scott. This was great. Always great to be with you. And uh, you'll definitely be back soon talking about- Uh, You know, I love it. Anything, Peloton, music, whatever, whatever you want. You tell me when (laughs) and I'll be here. You know that. Sounds great. Uh, Joe, if you're listening, you're fired. <laughs> yeah. Joe, Joe if cur- you're listening, I've taken over. <laughs> taken over. Podcast. Um, but anyhow, no, this was a lot of fun. And as we do at the conclusion of every episode, let's go around the table one more time. I am Scott. I am Alex. And this has been the Stuff We Love podcast.